0: Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. hello hostel homies this episode is brought to you by the hostel group visit the hostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct How are you uh you're in london right now right
1: no 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 i'm i'm in england but i'm in like it's close to Bristol, so on the southwest of england
0: oh nice okay that's great
1: Yeah, it's really nice because I'm like five minutes away from from the ocean and I'm surrounded by loads of nature and like cycle paths and everything. I mean, there are loads of old people and loads of dogs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the most relaxing combination.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But at the moment, (laughs) uh, yeah, at the moment, it suits me quite well. But it's, uh, it's funny when you sit somewhere on the bench and then you look at the right and then the left and then you realize, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's all old people. (laughs) I'm realizing that that the old people have it figured out. You know, I think that's why, (laughs) that's why they do what they do because they've lived for so long and they know exactly the right places to be. I do, these things called podcast walks where I'll just go on a walk for like two hours and I'll listen to a podcast and I it, I feel like such an old man <laughs> when I do it <laughs> but it's like they they figure something out they've been here for a while
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, they're right, no? They have a little piece of paradise here and they're enjoying it. And why not? I mean, why being stressed and why living in a huge city? I mean, everyone has this cup of tea. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think a couple of years ago, I would have laughed and said, no fucking way I'm staying (laughs) in my month off (laughs) in a place like this. But uh, at the moment, it feels like, yeah, I'm okay being a little. (laughs) (laughs) No?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you just figured it out early.
1: Uh, my name is Yasmin Bemelen, and I'm from Belgium, the German-speaking part.
0: And Yasmin, can you tell us why traveling is something that is an important part of your life?
1: Um, yeah, I would love to, even though it's, I think it's quite difficult to explain something that's... Um, Still, so for me, confusing or not like fully discovered, I would mm-hmm. I would say, but I think I love it because it's complex, it's confusing. It's exciting. It's, yeah, in so many ways. And uh, traveling, I think you don't even realize that you love traveling until the moment you have done it. Mm-hmm. No? And for me, it's I think mainly to challenge myself and to say, okay, you like at the beginning being, okay, I cannot never do this. I will never find my way. And then being able to do it and then realize that actually everything will be fine and that actually you made your way up. And you see that the world is so much bigger than just the four walls you you grew up. And yeah, that there's so many people like me as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like I grew up in a little town, so I would, say that I'm a little bit different in the way of thinking or having my lifestyle and always thinking I'm so strange I'm so so different than the others and then once you travel you realize actually no everyone is like there's so many people out like me and yeah I think getting out of your comfort zone and getting to know new languages it's amazing like if you see how languages can can connect people. And I mean, you grew up in the states. I don't know if you're able to speak any.
0: <laughs> oh no no, I I speak uh, American only. <laughs> we are we are <laughs> we're very good at only speaking one language out here. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I no, mean, I study I uh, study Spanish myself. So trying to trying to learn because I agree that the opportunity yeah. to connect with more people. You know, what why wouldn't you take advantage of that?
1: Exactly, and I think. You can travel and maybe you're not able to speak with the locals, but it's different. And once you are able to speak the language, it's it's part of the culture, no? and I think that's what I like the most. It's getting involved and totally absorbed by the culture, and just yeah, taking one part of this country in in your own personality and uh, being like the sponge, no, and just say okay. Now this characteristic is from this country and uh, just bring it back home. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, I love that. And I couldn't agree more about the complacency you get before you travel. I, I remember being in the US and just growing up on the West Coast and never really traveling and being okay with it. And then you're right. Like it's it's once, once you do it, that's kind of when you realize, oh, why haven't I been doing this the whole mm, time? Yeah. You know, why haven't I tried this out? And I love that you brought up the fact that you're able to kind of find the uniqueness in you and other people when you travel and, you know, coming from your home in Belgium where you said that maybe you didn't, you know, the small town in Belgium where you felt like you didn't really connect with as many people. And then, and then you got to go out in the world and find out, Oh, there's a lot of people who are similar to me or like yeah. me. And can we, can we talk about a place? Um, you know, your, your home is that small town in Belgium, but where in the world have you traveled where you felt most at home?
1: It's a really tricky question because I think, like due to my job and my my past, I always, like I was always living somewhere else in the world, no, and so mm-hmm. I always needed to be able to create my my own home as fast as possible, mm-hmm. and I felt always home. So home is somehow the place where I am at at the moment, and it's in my hands to create this. This coziness. Let's call it like this, no? Mm-hmm, but when mm-hmm. I think at a place where I felt the most home and where I had the feeling of having like a family and like a purpose and hobbies and yeah, that everything was aligned, I would say it's um a, like a little town. It's not really a town. It's like a second biggest uh, city in Guatemala <laughs> called uh, Shayla. You have heard about it, I'm sure. Yes, yes,
0: Shaila, <laughs> Of course, of course.
1: <laughs> but it's it's Guatemala as a country itself.
0: So before we get into uh, Sheila in Guatemala, I love what you brought up about having these strategies for kind of creating a coziness or creating a feeling of home. Do you have recommendations or things that you do when you move to a new place to help speed up that process?
1: I think the most basic one is to have, how do you call it, it's like sweatpants, like uh, cozy
0: trousers. (laughs) (laughs) that is the most cozy thing you can have
1: (laughs) it is like it's really strange and slippers because (laughs) (laughs) Because the thing is like i grew up where when i come home i take off my shoes and i i get into comfortable clothes Mm -hmm. and then you just relax no and in yeah for me like each home i need to have slippers i need to have like some kind of sweatpants or like uh, jogging trousers just to relax and i think this is for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my favorite answer <laughs> that's not what i expected at all i love it literally bringing a physical comfortable state to create a mental comfortable state
1: Exactly. And that's for me, I think, home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the slippers and the sweatpants in Guatemala. So you yeah. <laughs> when you originally moved out to Guatemala, was this was this um you planning to go live somewhere or was this for a trip?
1: No, actually I I mean I have this hunger, no, like I wanted to learn a new language mm-hmm. and I stayed already two and a half years in in Belgium after I, I lived in Indonesia and then I thought, okay, it's time for a new adventure and a new language. So I just said, okay, Spanish, why not? And then I remembered back in my memory someone telling me Guatemala is a good place to learn Spanish and I just quit my job and I just said, okay, why not? I booked my flight. And then I, I flew to Guatemala and told myself, okay, I I will give myself a year to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. And to travel down to um, Colombia. And once I'm in Colombia, I will find a job somehow. So the idea was basically to travel, learn a language, and then later to save the world. I like to save the world. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, everything came different. I met a friend in in Mexico. Uh-huh. So after my travels in Guatemala, I went up and he came down from, from Germany to see me and... Um, at the airport in in Mexico, I met a Brazilian girl. Nayara is her name, mm-hmm. and we got along and we chit chatted during our layover. And at one point, she said, "Oh, I'm on my holidays now, but I do live in Guatemala. So, if you want to visit me, please feel free. I would happy to to see you." And I was like, "Okay, why not?" We met up once or twice in in Mexico and went dancing. And this girl just had this energy. Where I said, "Yeah, I, like I would like to." To meet her again no, like as a friend and then after three four weeks traveling in mexico i went back to guatemala shayla actually mm-hmm. and i stayed in her place and she had a italian roommate luca and one night like luca he asked me oh jess what do you want to do uh, <laughs> in your life no on this travel mm-hmm. and i just said well i want to learn proper spanish and then save the world, do a job that has an impact and like working for an NGO. And I well, I have a background in HR, human resources. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, Yasmin, at the moment, our company is searching someone with your background.
0: No way. Oh, <laughs> and
1: man. I was like, come on, this cannot be. And he was like, yes, really serious. I was like, come on, like this cannot be. And then he gave me the job description. And literally, if I would have, told you the things i would like to do professionally wise it was just written there on the job description i was like holy cow that's this is amazing like (laughs)
0: Like it was your words (laughs) written out
1: (laughs) i want to do this or i'm able to do this so that's interesting and then i was at the beginning of my spanish career and then i they were just saying come on just like give it a try no and i was like okay so i sent my application and had two interviews and i was like okay like It's, it's too nice. It's like, it's a sign, no? Sometimes in life, you just need to, to take the, the keys that are opening other doors. And then I, as well, the um, apartment where they both were living, there were three uh, bedrooms. The third roommate was moving out. And then while I was there having the interviews, they told me, oh, Jess, like, if you get the job, would you like to move in?
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Talk about confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah, like you have a new home, you found a new family and you have a job, everything <laughs> in the same week.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean, we have this new pair of sweatpants and slippers for you. <laughs> Feel yeah, free. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the job, the perfect job for you in um this was in Chela, correct?
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: What what would what did this job consist of because then after this I want to talk about the the work that you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So basically, it's um, an organization that helps entrepreneurs. The idea was to give consultants to them and to help them to generate a bigger positive impact through their um, products, through their services whatsoever, and to Mm -hmm. solve a problem in in the society, in the environment, in in education. And they were searching, I love this word, a human talent developer
0: oh yeah that's that's what you that's the original thing you read when you read the job post
1: (laughs) this was the job title um and yeah it's mainly helping like do some building up the human resources department because they had nobody in human resources as well to um, coordinate the fellowship program so young adults young professionals that have little professional experience but want to be immersed um, emerged in the social entrepreneurship sector would come from the States, from Europe, from Australia, no matter where, and put their skills into into action and help local entrepreneurs to become more sustainable and independent. And then, yeah, just talent development for the existing stuff. So it was really exciting. It was in Spanish. It was for a good cause, a sector that I have never touched before. So, yeah
0: really nice based on the what i know about you so far just from our our conversation before this and just from this interview that it lines up perfectly with with what you wanted and what what you want let's talk about doctors without borders if if you're able to if you're able to answer some of these questions yes we will try (laughs) do you mind for for the listeners who don't know what it is do you mind explaining what the organization does and and what you do for the organization
1: yeah so Doctors Without Borders um, is actually f- one of the biggest humanitarian organization in the world and based in France so Médecins Sans Frontières well known for for MSF actually and um they existing over like I think 71 was the the year they were created and yeah, MSF is basically uh, a monitoring organization with the focus on, on emergencies. Now, um, to make it easy, you have a tsunami, you have an earthquake, you, whatever, for example, in Haiti, like the, in the past, and everything is destroyed due to natural catastrophes. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, yeah, there are loads of, of patients, there are loads of people in need. And then MSF comes and tries to help the people in need and that's what msf is standing for giving uh, medical quality care to people in in need no or needs the most and no matter where they are no matter where they're coming from no matter which religion which political side they're on it um yeah it's being neutral independent and um ethical in in so many ways No,
0: when when did you get started with them and what what are you doing for them
1: yeah, so I've started working for them uh, last year, and I'm a human resources manager. Mm-hmm. So basically, responsible for the human resources department for the entire project. Now, so my last assignment was in Pakistan, for example, We had a team over five hundred fifty people in a massive hospital, and then basically everything you can imagine as in a normal company, just that the, yeah the. The value or the objective of, of your work is different, or is touching other beneficiaries. Let's say it like this. No,
0: did you say that Pakistan is the is the one the service that you've gone on for them?
1: Yes, exactly. So this was my first assignment
0: mm-hmm.
1: with them, and in two weeks I will be in DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Um, okay. When you when you went to Pakistan for this. Um, mm-hmm. We, we talked about the, uh, you know, the, the sweatpants and the slippers and <laughs> how, how did it feel to travel to a new company for a job that's, I don't want to say the word serious, but like as, as significant as, as this uh, organization is? How, how did it feel to go? Did you feel like you were able to still bring that, that comfort uh, into, into Pakistan as, as a home?
1: I don't know if this was like a concern because when you're going on such an assignment, like my biggest fear was, can I hold up to the expectations mm-hmm. um, that the company has towards me? Am I able to do my job properly? No? Am I able to survive <laughs> whatsoever? Like there's so many thoughts you don't even think about your own own comfort. But I have to say, like once I was there, I it was the first time. I went somewhere for a job and everything was prepared, like you have your housing, Mm -hmm. you have automatically your colleagues as your roommates, so you have, let's say, friends already now, whereas in the past, I arrived somewhere and I needed to find a place, I needed to find a job, I needed to find friends, and there, everything was already prepared for for my best well-being, and people tell you in a head, okay, you need to bring like little things that make you happy, is it like your own pillow, is it like your slippers, Mm -hmm the pictures so yeah i think at one point uh you get there you you are happy that you're managing your daily activities because it is a high intense work environment and yeah i think it's mainly the people that help me to feel home no
0: so let's let's talk about that because i think you and i sort of agree on and i talk about this in most of the episodes that my favorite part of traveling is is going to be the people that you meet along the way and is there is there anyone you met, um, and this can be this can be inside the the trip, this can be on the trip to Pakistan mm-hmm. for Doctors Without Border, MSF, uh, or this can be outside of it. Um, who who have you met that has had a significant impact on your life? And you mentioned Nayara earlier, um, being yes. someone who who kind of brought you to Shayla and in a way found you a job and. A house, and it, it's funny. I, I honestly think that because of her, you and I are having this conversation right now through the connections through Jayla, because of because of yeah. you meeting her, <laughs> which makes me very happy. Um, who who else? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, who who else have you have you met? Um, and this, like I said, this can be on the on the trip to Pakistan, or this can be outside of it. That that's really had a significant impact on the on the path of your life.
1: Yeah. Um well mainly it's I think Nai, no? She mm-hmm. like it's not only where she brought me, but I think as well just her way to be. And it's like this genuine altruistic person. Like I have never met a nicer person than her. She would like sit on the ground that other people could sit on a chair. She would share her, her last food, even though she needs to starve. Mm -hmm. It's her entire energy and this happiness that she's bringing with, is it to make a happiness suddenly on the street because you have good news or whatsoever. So it's really where you look at yourself and say, yeah, that's something I, I, I enjoy this energy and I, I like to have this kind of energy in me and, Yeah, so she's definitely one person, no? And then, as well, my second roommate, Luca, from from Italy, um, where both of them were like a huge family and support for me. Sometimes we were quiet in the evenings because we were just tired of Schella. I mean, a home can be nice, but Mm -hmm. a home can also be challenging in so many ways. And uh, I remember us crying together for, for whatever kind of shit just happened at work or, or or privately, but yeah, having this critical mind who challenges you with each question this person asked you know. And I remember Luca, I needed to think twice if I want his advice because I knew his question would hurt me, but at the same time help me to grow. No, mm-hmm. so was always like, hmm, do I really want this or not? And yeah, it's just this growth that they both allowed me to do and there's so many inspiring people where you just say you can do everything what you want if you just um try it hard enough
0: yeah it's amazing you can take the the positive qualities of the people you meet and take them wherever you go you know it can be a positive reminder of, of sort of how to how to live life and i'm really happy you brought up the fact that when you when you move somewhere else there are the negative times it's not like when you move to a new yes. country it's all just butterflies and sunshine right it's you you yeah. get the the sad times and the bad times and i think a common misconception about travel is that people are constantly running from something and so they think that If they run, they can just avoid all their problems. But I I don't think that's the case. I think, honestly, a lot of the times it's running, running towards something. And regardless, you're you're there with yourself and you're you're going to have to go through the the same motions of life, the good and the bad. And um, sometimes travel just uh, enhances both.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing, like I speak to lots of my friends and I'm telling them, well, travel is not always being happy and having every day something mind blowing. No. Mm -hmm. It's it's as well, it's tough. It's hard. Sometimes like you want to be alone and it's fine. Sometimes you're not alone and or you, you are alone and you don't want to be alone. Sometimes you lost your way. Sometimes you had a shitty night. Sometimes you're, yeah, it's, it's you're getting sick, and nobody is there. No? So I think, uh, yeah, traveling or starting somewhere new, is not only exciting. It's always um, coupled with a little bit of also hard work.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, completely. And it makes honestly, it makes you appreciate. When you do settle down somewhere, right? I mean, you bring up yeah. bring up when when you're sick and you're traveling and there's no one <laughs> that you know yeah. near you uh, that can that can help you at all. It is sad and scary, <laughs> but that you know, th- there's just there's just a strange argument that people think, oh, you're just escaping all this stuff, but no, you're you're actually in no. fact. Making making it more appreciative for when you do have those you know those people and those friends that you consider and you know in your home or in your neighborhood or in your community, it's that much better when you're when you're there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everyone has its reason on. I can believe that some people they want to escape, but I think sometimes it's just come on. The world is massive and Mm -hmm. beautiful get out and just don't overthink sometimes and just enjoy it.
0: I couldn't agree more. Uh, A lot of people when they travel, uh, keep a journal or a diary. Uh, for me, I, I do this podcast as ways to remember the experiences and the people I meet. And, you mentioned in our in our pre-interview that you have a journal or a diary, but you do something a little different with yours, which i which I really like. Do you mind explaining um, how how you use your journal and diary when you travel?
1: Yes, it will be my pleasure. So actually, it's quite funny because one of my so when I quit my job in Belgium, one of my colleagues she gave me this travel diary and I was looking inside and I can write in my diary, but all my impressions and moments are founded by the people I meet during my travels. And I thought, who am I to to write about them? No? What can I say? And then how can I make as well at the same time the memories unique in my mind? And then I thought about letting the people I meet and the people that have, like, inspired me or that's like a little footprint in in my heart to write a note in my diary. So I have a, I've actually now two diaries, travel diaries, where I have my own notes mixed with people notes that I have met during my travels. And I usually just tell them, hey, I like I have a travel diary, and it's not only about me; it's also about the people I meet. And uh, yeah, if you if you're fancying it, if you like it, it would be amazing if you can leave a little note or an image or just some words whatsoever. And usually they. They do enjoy writing something in it and I read it mainly a couple of days or sometimes weeks after they, they wrote it, no? To yeah, to have a little throwback.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you have a, a nice surprise when when yeah. someone else is writing. When you're writing it, I mean it can go years down the line and it's it's nice and it's a refreshing thing to, to bring back the memory or to recall a memory but when it's someone else writing it you don't you know you really it is a surprise you don't know what it's going to be yeah. in there and and what a great way to have something written from their perspective too
1: yeah because i have to say like i think at one point to see i was rereading one of my diaries which sounds so cheesy yeah, this one, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and i was reading my parts i was like holy cow this is so
0: (laughs) 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 this is the one that you wrote yeah (laughs) (laughs) like
1: who will ever read this i (laughs) will never give this like my grandma or my my kids to read this one day no and uh, some parts are just ridiculous like but yeah, at that point, it seemed important to me not to write it down or
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was in my head. Whereas the parts of my friends or people I have met, like they, yeah, it's amazing because you have like, it's like a cinema, no? A movie theater where you have a throwback. You just look at a little scene of that moment where this person wrote down an anecdote or a little joke. And then, yeah, it just automatically puts a smile on my face. And it's really nice. I enjoy it.
0: There's things... I think from every episode that I, that I take away and that I like to you know, use in my life, and I, I honestly think that your strategy with having, having other people or the people that you meet write in the journal uh, is, is going to be something that I do on my future trips.
1: You should, definitely. And uh, another thing I, I might uh, add is as well that one of my friends, he could not find any words. I was like, no, Jais, I'm really bad with words. So I was like, well, find something. No? And then he just, he was an architect. Mm-hmm. So he drew uh, an image of me in the mountains where we went for a weekend together um, with a couple of friends. So actually he didn't use any words. He just drew like the picture of, of us in the mountains. beautiful to see how many ways you have to express as well, no? your your feelings or your moments with someone. So yeah, it's not only words.
0: So you have traveled around the world a lot, and this is a um, this is a question that I ask on every episode. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where in the world, and the more specific, the better. Um, where in the world do you think that everyone should visit at some point? And this, you know, this can be as broad as a city, or this can be a neighborhood, or as specific as, say, a park bench you once sat on somewhere.
1: Okay. Do you have your pen and pencil next to you? (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So we're thinking about this question, no? And it's really tough, I have to admit. But at the end, I really recommend everyone to go to Colombia, Mm -hmm. more specifically to Mm Medellin, Calle 70 or Avenida 70, uh, so 70, and uh, visit the bar El Tiberibar. I don't know if you have been there or not, but it's like a kind of underground cellar bar and it's mainly to to dance salsa. Such a different world. It's you go down the stairs and everyone says, oh, if you do enjoy dancing salsa, you need to go to a Tibiri bar. But um, yeah it's really disgusting it's really like <laughs> powerful it's like a sauna you will really be sweaty i went there once inside and never again i was like okay let's try it out so we went there and i have to admit like you go there in three minutes and you are wet like you are just dropping nonstop, and it's disgusting because like when you're dancing salsa, you get twisted and turned around mm-hmm. and you can see how your drops are like <laughs> twisting
0: to other people. <laughs> They're just sp- spraying around like a sprinkler.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, it's like in, in the movies, no? Where you imagine people in a salsa bar, everyone is just dancing and no matter if you're alone there or with a huge group, they all have one thing in common and it's enjoying dancing. And even if you don't like dancing, you just watch it and it's beautiful and... Yeah, that's for me a place I always had the feeling, yeah, I, I like this bar even though it's disgusting and I need to be <laughs> showered. about <laughs>
0: You know, every, anytime I ask that question, the adjectives brought up are usually <laughs> are usually much different. But I, I do love that <laughs> I can appreciate you brought up a place that is truthfully disgusting. And that, that must mean it's, it's very special in its own ways.
1: Yeah, because usually you go in fancy places, no? And then, I don't know, you have amazing views, amazing taverns. But no, they're absolutely not. You go downstairs, there's almost no light. Um, almost no no place to sit but it's the atmosphere that makes it no? and it's a different world and once you step in, it's like, I don't know being in Cuba on the streets and dancing and people don't care that they are sweating, it's okay, like some people go there with four different t-shirts inside and, and change it every <laughs> half an hour <laughs> but people are happy there and they do enjoy it and they always come back so <laughs> it's it's part of the culture and really nice.
0: Yasmin, yeah. it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you too.
0: Thanks for listening to Hostel Homies.